Hello, this is Hussein Abdul Kareem. That's my government name, but my name of the Lord is Zephaniah. How are you guys doing today? This is the first episode of Bible Talk. It's this episode. This series is either going to be called Bible Talk or Bible Analytics or Bible Analysts, should I say? Bible Analysts. Well, let's talk about Bible Talk. All right, now. What I want to talk about today is the chain link leading to the Romans 5, 5 love, agape love. And hope does not put us to shame because the love of God is poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit has been given to us. And I want to take you on a journey through scriptures to show you how we get to the point of God pouring out his love in your heart. It started in the beginning. In the beginning, you know, God created the heavens and the earth, but he created um, Adam and Eve in his own image. He created Adam and Eve in his own image and likeness, and he told them, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Of the day you eat of the, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall surely die. And they did. When they ate the apple, well, or fruit, whatever kind of fruit it was, they ate the apple, the eyes were open, and they saw that they were naked. Their spirits died like that. In Ecclesiastes 3.11, it says, in the Amplified Bible, it says, And God has made everything beautiful in his time. He has also said eternity in the heart of man. It breaks it down even further. Eternity in the heart of man. A sense of divine purpose. We created his image to carry out the things of God on this earth. To be a reflection of his love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. A sense of divine purpose. And mysterious, he also said, eternity in the heart of man. Since the divine purpose, we created the image to carry out the things of God on this earth. And a mysterious longing which nothing under the sun can satisfy except God. So there's a void in the heart. You know, there's a saying, we, have, we all have this void in our heart that we try to fill up with the things of this world. Well, the scripture says... The flesh longs after the things of this world, but the spirit longs after God. And these two are contrary to each other, so you don't do whatever you want. Now, the lusts of the flesh are orgies, drunkenness, rivalries, strife, envying, you know, know, and all the like. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness goodness and self-control amen so god comes so and he said in the um in the new testament two places it says in god and since your heirs god has sent the spirit of his son into your heart crying out abba father and the holy spirit testifies with our spirit that we are the children of god so he said created me in the old testament says created me a new heart lord and put a right spirit within me right so he creates, he creates a new heart, but he also births your spirit. We're, we're all born spiritually dead. Again, Adam, the reason why in the book of Genesis 3, it says their eyes were open because their spirits died. Your spirit is in your heart because you said, I sent the spirit of my son into your heart. So your spirit resides in your heart. God breathed into man's nostril and he became a living soul. The living part is the spirit. The soul part, we all soul, even animals have soul, it's called nephesh. 
That's your being. Even animals have souls. But what makes man a living soul is the breath of God, the spirit of God, that, that our spirit. We have, we're three in one. We have a body, a soul, and a spirit. Animals don't have spirits. Angels, all they are is spirits, but they don't have souls or a body. They can, you know, they can materialize and create a body if they want one, you know, if that's God's will to do so. But a living soul, the living part is your spirit. So it's the spirit in the soul. That's what makes it living. And when you're spiritually dead, that means your soul is dead. So that soul in the heart is like a sun. And when it died, it turned to a void like a black hole. And that void is filled when Jesus died on the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, he said, it is finished. He gave up the ghost, the temple, the like the veil and the temple is ripped in half. The temple is cracked in half. And it's to symbolize that there is no separation between God and man. Why? Jesus died on the cross, but it was him shedding his blood. The scripture says without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And in the Old Testament, just like Abraham took Isaac, his son, up the mountain, God told Abraham to take his son up the mountain and sacrifice him to God, right? So when he Moses, I mean, so when Abraham gets on the mountain, he bounds his son on the altar. And while he raises his dagger, right? While he raises his dagger to, to kill his son, the angel of the Lord, which is Jesus, the angel of the Lord cried out to, you know, to Abraham, like, don't wait, you know? There's, like, you know, and he directed him somewhere else, and he saw that it was a ram, and, his, and he had, you know, the ram's horns was caught in, like, you know, in the bush, and he, can't, he couldn't get out. So just like, just like the animal, just like the animal took the place of Isaac, Abraham's son, so also that we can see already God's plan coming to fruition God's plan was that he was saying, just like just like an animal took the place of a son, Jesus took the place of the animal sacrifice. You see that? And now Ab- Abel's blood now um, Cain rose up against Abel in the field and he killed him. And then God asked Cain, where is your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And then God said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Just like, you know, the scripture says Jesus' blood tells more, you know, like uh, compelling testimony than the blood of Abel. Because Jesus is God. God is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So Jesus' blood is crying out to us, proclaim his innocence. That's what justifies us before God when we're covered in blood. We can see an example of this in the Old Testament as well. God told Moses, go to Pharaoh, tell him, let my people go. And the last plague, he would show them many plagues, but the last plague would, would be this. He would send the, um, the angel of death to come. But he told the children of Israel, take the lamb's blood, kill it, take the blood, smear it over the door. And when the angel of death came and he saw the blood o- over the doorpost, he would pass over. That's why it's called the Passover. But every everybody that didn't have the lamb's blood covered over the door, their firstborn son got taken. Now, I want to show you that um, Pharaoh and Moses and how God was working, that's a, a mirror reflection of like the entire rest of the Bible. Did you know that in the tribulation, God will be pouring out his wrath on the nations? 
And think about it like this. We're all Pharaoh at the beginning. We're all Pharaoh. We all have a hard heart. And then God sends a messenger, right? God sends a messenger with his word. That's like an evangelist come to talk to you. Some people harden their hearts because it's God hardening their hearts. He said, I will have compassion whom I have compassion. He said, I will have mercy whom I have mercy. He didn't choose everybody. Some people, God desiring to show his wrath, desiring to show his wrath, God decided to show his wrath, but to have pity, he chose to have pity on some people, but he's saving up his wrath. He's gonna that all that wrath is going somewhere. He chose some, he didn't choose other. With all that wrath, he's gonna pour his wrath on the nations. He's gonna take us, he's protecting us. I'll talk about that later. But we're talking about the chain link leading to the Romans 5 5 love. Now, we can already see that, you know, Isaac replaced the goat, uh, goat replaced Isaac. So now Jesus Jesus replaces the animal sacrifices, the blood over the door, the angel of death passing over. Jesus covered us in his blood and the blood crying out to God, just like Abel's blood cried out to God, proclaiming his innocence. Jesus' blood is covering us, crying out to God. Claiming his innocence, justifying us. That's why he said, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes and is justified. And with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. In the second book of Chronicles, it says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and repent, and turn from their wicked ways and seek me with all their heart, then I will hear from heaven and will heal their land and will forgive their sin. So what you do? How do you get saved? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. You have to get the word of God in your ear. He said, um, if you can still hear my voice, harden not your heart. In the book of Acts, it said, you stiff-necked people, you did always, you, you resist the Holy Spirit as your father just did. You always risk the Holy Spirit as your fathers did. Why did the children of Israel not get into the promised land? Moses led them out of Egypt, but a lot of the first generation died in the wilderness. Why? Because they resisted the Holy Spirit. They resisted God's work. So you can't resist it. You can't be saved. Like there's the, um, the only unforgivable sin is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. What is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit? resisting the Holy Spirit. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's ministry and job is to reveal to us who Christ is. He reveals to us who Christ is. He said, you know, Jesus asked the apostles, who do you say that I am? He, they said, the son of God. Jesus told them, you, this is not being revealed to you by flesh and blood, by man. It has been revealed to you by God. You know, he, Jesus said, no one could come to me unless the Father has revealed who I am to them, you know. So you need God. So you, faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. Leave your heart open. If you can still hear my voice, harden out your heart. Let the Lord get in your ear. Leave your heart open. Let him meditate in your heart. Let him do his work convince you of who Jesus is to give you faith. Faith is a gift. He said, you did not choose me. I chose you. 
He said, those whose names have been written in the Lamb's book of life, in the book of life since before the foundation of the world. He said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. A stranger's voice that when I follow, he chose to write some people's names in the book of life before he created anything. But he chose to leave some people out. We like for many are called, few are chosen. Many hear the call, few are chosen. It goes like this. And those whom he predestined, he also chose. And those whom he chose, no, those whom, those whom he predestined, he also chose. Those whom he chose, he also called. Those he called, he also sanctified. Those whom he sanctified, he also justified. Those whom he sanctified, he also glorified. That's the pattern. He predestined us before the foundation of the world. He predestined us. You know, we were created in Christ Jesus for good works. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus that God has prepared, you know, for um, that prepared for good works that God has prepared for us beforehand. So before God created anything, he had predestined us to carry out good works on this earth. So, and then he chose us. You did not choose me, I chose you. And then he called us in this life when we got here. He called us. And then we responded to his call because we were chosen. And then the Holy Spirit comes to live in our heart. Let me talk about the spirit and the water. There's five things. There's six ingredients to salvation. There's the blood. There's the word. There's the water. There's the spirit. There's God forgiving us of our sins. And then there's grace. Now let me talk about this. The blood. He said, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And we already ran through the blood, how the blood works and how the blood covers us, how the blood is crying out to God, proclaiming his innocence, justifying us, recovering the blood of Jesus. Without, and though your sins be as scarlet, and though they are like crimson, they shall be made white as snow. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be made white as snow. And though they are like crimson, they shall be like wool. We are saved by grace through faith. It is not a result of works, lest any man should boast. We are saved by grace through faith. How does that work? Okay. The blood, the word, the water, the spirit, God forgiveness of our sins and grace. We talked about the blood. Now let's talk about the word. He said, um, by the washing and renewal and regeneration of the Holy Spirit. No, no, by the washing and renewal and regeneration of the Word. He also said the washing, renewal, and regeneration of the Holy Spirit. But let me talk about the Word for a second. By the washing, renewal, and regeneration of the Word. And he, Jesus said, you don't need to clean your whole body. You only need to clean your feet, right? He said, by my Word, you are already clean. By my Word, you are already clean, right? By my word, you are already clean. And what do we, um, you know, faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. So we got to get the word in our ear. And it's our word. It's word. We have, it's a confession of prayer. If you confess with your mouth, 
the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raises from the dead, you will be saved. You have to believe in God from a sincere heart and confess to God in prayer. If my people are called in my name, will confess their sins. Yeah. Okay. Now, that's the word. Now, that's the blood. That's the word. Now, let me talk about the spirit and the water. Throughout the Old Testament, throughout the Bible, God talked about water and spirit. But God referenced the Holy Spirit as water. He said, I will sprinkle clean water on you. He said, I will sprinkle clean water on you. And you will be cleansed from all your filthiness. And he said, I will take away the stony heart and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you. And I will cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey all my rules. He says, sprinkling water. And then in the very next chapter, that was Ezekiel 36. In Ezekiel 37, it talks about the dry bone. How did the dry bones come alive? He says, speak your word or the dry bone lose the word. By the washing, renew, you know, by the washing, renew and regeneration of the word. And then he said, call the four winds, call the winds to come together, breathe upon them. So he brought, you know, the word brought the sinews and the, and the flesh and the bones together. And then the breath of God, you know what I mean, came into them. The breath, the wind came into them. So we can see it's the word and it's the spirit at work. How do we save? By the word and the spirit. See that? The blood, the word. The spirit, the water, and for God forgiving us for our sin and grace. Now, let's talk about more about water. In John chapter 3, Jesus said, um, Truly, truly, I tell you, unless one is born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot and you know, you enter to inherit the kingdom of God. You can enter the kingdom of God. He said, How can a man be born of water and spirit? Can a man enter his mother's womb a second time and be born? He said, unless one is born again, he can enter the kingdom of heaven. And he said, you must, and he said, you know, one, you know, to be born of the spirit and the water. That which is flesh, that which is flesh, is flesh. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Spirit. Do not be surprised that I say you'll see born again. For, the, you know, the wind blows wherever it wants. You, don't, you need to know where they come from or where they go. So it is also where everyone is born of the spirit. Born of the spirit. Yeah. And then that was John 3. It was interesting that in the very next chapter, in John 4, Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit as living water. He said, if, it, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink of water, you would have asked him for living water and he would have gave it. Jesus said, the one who believes in me out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And another verse said, the one who believes in me from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water welling up to eternal life. And remember, Jesus' death on the cross, he said, no. And then Jesus stood up. He said, whoever hungers, whoever um, hunger and thirst, come to me and drink. This is referring to the Holy Spirit who, is not, who had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been crucified. Remember, when Jesus died on the cross, the Roman centurion, he stuck Jesus in the side, right? And what came out? Water and blood. The water symbolizing the Holy Spirit. Now, we talked about the blood, we talked about the word, we talked about the spirit in the water. Now, no, he, well, yeah, now, I want to talk more about the water. 
Well, I talk. Well, that's let's say that for another time. Now let's talk about God forgiveness for our sins. Jesus healed the paralytic man to forgive him of his sins. Jesus was in the house. They came. Jesus, was, you know, talking, giving a sermon. I'm sure. Well, now nah, I'm not. I don't want to say it like that. You know, but Jesus was in the house talking, and then they came. Some people came with the paralytic man. They came with the paralytic man, and they lowered him through the roof of the house. And then, you know, Jesus said, Jesus healed him. You know, he said, your sins are forgiven. He said, you know, how can you forgive sins? Only God can forgive sins. And he said, how easy it is to say you are forgiven of sins or say get up and walk. So Jesus proved that he could forgive sins by healing the paralytic man. Why would God allow Jesus to heal a person? Why would God heal a person through Jesus? Right after he said, why, why would God allow Jesus to heal? You know, why would God, you know, work through Jesus to heal somebody right before, you know, like, you know, like after he said, he, uh, you know, I can forgive sins. So he forgave sins, then he healed somebody. So that justified his claims. So, so we see the, it's the, um, it's the word, it's the blood, spirit, water, God forgiveness for our sins. And remember the woman, you know, they brought a woman and they were about to stone her. And then what did Jesus say? He was without sin, cast the first stone. They all dropped their stones and left. The old man first and the young man after. That's telling. And then what did Jesus say? Go and sin no more. And now, lastly, so that's the word, the blood, spirit, water, God forgiveness of our sins. Last but not least, let's talk about grace. The grace of God is God's favor, mercy, and love. God's grace is his mercy, love, and favor. Remember when the angel Gabriel told Mary, blessed are you who are highly favored. Remember he chose, remember he said, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Blessed are you who are highly favored. He chose some. And those whom he predestined, he also chose. Those whom he chose, he also called. Those who he called, he also sanctified. Those who he sanctified, he will also glorify. And since you, when you believe, you know, Jesus crucified, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. And he will, you know, his work will not be finished within you until the day of redemption. So as long as we got the Holy Spirit, and he said, if the spirit of the one who raised Christ from the dead is in you, then you don't belong to him. For everyone who is led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Yeah, amen. Now, let's get back to grace. We talked about his favor. The angel Gabriel said, Blessed are you who are highly favored. He will have mercy whom I have mercy, who I have compassion whom I have compassion. He said, How can the clay pot say to the potter, Why have you made me this way and your work has no handles? That's assassin God. We, we can't, you know, complain to God like, Why did you create me for destruction? Why did you create others for mercy? God is just, He can do whatever He pleases. 
God cannot lie because he's a perfect, holy God. The devil is the father of lies. He's been alive since the beginning. You shall not surely die. God said you shall surely die. Enough said. So, God's favor. All right, let's talk about, we talked about favor and mercy. Now let's talk about his love and hope does not put and this and hope does not push shame because the love of God is poured out within the hearts of the Holy Spirit has been given to us. That's what we're talking about. This is how we know what love is. Jesus died for us while we were yet sinners. That's the definition of love. This is how we know what love is. Jesus died for us while we were yet sinners. Now let's talk about the chain link leading. To Jesus. Let's talk about the chain link leading to experiencing and feeling the presence of God and his love. The beautitudes and the Sermon on the Mount. Amen. <laughs> I get this podcast right now. Now, blessed are the poor, for theirs the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the what is next? Blessed are the meek. For they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who do hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. No, blessed are the poor, for there is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who do hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now that's the chain link leading to Romans 5, 5, love, amen. Blessed are the poor. Let me go to the Beatitudes, one second. Okay. Yep. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for there is the kingdom of heaven. You have to realize that you're a sinner. That's what that verse is talking about. For all have fallen short. Excuse me. For all have fallen short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. You become poor. Poor. In the ancient world. It was anyone who was like poor was like a second. It doesn't. It does doesn't necessarily mean well. Poor meant um, like people who were poor, homeless people, women and children were considered poor. It was like the like the um, like the defenseless and the outcasts of society. He Jesus said, "I didn't came, you know. I didn't came. I didn't come for the righteous. I came for sinners. I didn't come to save the righteous, but sinners. But it caused sinners to repentance." Guys, God isn't slow, as some count slowness, but he isn't wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So we become poor when we realize we're sinners. The law, the law, the law was given to show that, to show us of our sins, to condemn us of our sins. God gave the law because, because without the law, we were free. I mean, before the law, we were free to do whatever we want because the law wasn't wasn't given yet. But when it came the law, when the law came, knowledge of sin became. Paul said that he didn't know 
what it meant. He didn't know what it meant to like, you know, desire things that belong to other. He didn't know it was wrong to like, you know, to desire things that belong to other people until he read, you know, the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not covet. Covet means you have a desire for like your neighbor's wife or your neighbor's goods. If if things belong to your neighbors and you desire them, that's coveting. You desire things that belongs to another. You're coveting them. So. So. We become poor in spirit when we realize we're sinners. So we're poor. I'm a sinner. I'm poor. I'm like, a, you know, you're like a woman or a child. You're like an outcast inside. You're like a leopard. You're like somebody who has a flesh-eating skin disease. People don't even want to touch you or be around you. You're undesirable. You're poor. Defenseless. Poor. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What is the kingdom of heaven? He said, you know, Jesus said the kingdom of heaven won't be something like you. Say, here it is or there it is. The kingdom of heaven is within you. The kingdom of heaven is the Holy Spirit living in our heart. Think about it. God is omnipresent. He said, I am them, they and you. I am I'm in them. So the the Holy Spirit is in me. The Holy Spirit is in Father God. The Holy Spirit is in Jesus. So since the Holy Spirit is in me, Father God, Jesus, you know, I'm in I'm in Jesus and I'm in Father God. And Father God is in me, Jesus is in me, and I'm in them because through the Holy Spirit, we share the same spirit. He said, blessed are the poor, for there's, that's the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is the Holy Spirit living within you and our communion of love that we share with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. God is love. Whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this we have confidence for the day of judgment for us. He is, so also are we in this world. God is love. God is light. In him does no darkness at all. God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The love of God poured into your heart. Uh, what should I do? I will, I will pray with my spirit. I will also pray with my mind. I will sing with my spirit. I will also sing with my mind. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. That's agape. That's Romans 5, 5. Love poured into your heart. That's speaking in tongues. Your spirit praying to God. There's no greater way to worship the Lord your God with all your soul than your actual soul is praying to God. Speaking in tongues, so Romans 5, five love pouring into your heart, love the Lord God with all your heart, love the Lord God with all your soul. You're speaking in tongues, your spirit man praying to God and praying in your mind, love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as you love yourself, doing to others as, as you will have them doing to you. Love your enemy, pray for those who persecute you. So that's how we become poor, and that's the kingdom of heaven. Poor is our knowledge of, of of us being sinners, and the kingdom of heaven is the Holy Spirit coming to live within our hearts and our communion of love that we will share with the Father and the, and the Son and with His Spirit. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Again, the knowledge of sin. So we become sinners, so we're poor. That's our identity. We're poor, and we're mourn. We mourn because we're sinners. And we know we're in the world. Like, why fear man who, why for a man who can only kill the body? Fear God who can, after death, destroy both soul and body in hell. So that's why we mourn. You're like, oh no, I'm a sinner. I'm poor. And I'm mourning because I know I'm about to go to hell if I die, if I don't have God. And he's right because I deserve to go to hell because I broke his law. 
God is holy and righteous. He does not tolerate sin. Jesus said, I beheld Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Why? <laughs> Lucifer was perfect in all his ways until the day iniquity was found in his heart. And war broke out in heaven. I ain't even gonna get into that. But anyways, let's talk about this. Okay. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for there is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. God of comforts. God is the God of all comfort. He's comforting you with his presence, amen. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for there is the kingdom of heaven. So blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the sinners, you know, and, you know, blessed are the sinners. You know, in essence, you know you're a sinner, for there is the kingdom of heaven. The Holy Spirit will come and live in you. You know, they, blessed are they mourn. You know, you're a sinner, so you're in a one-way, when you're on a one-trip, you're on a one-way ticket to hell, but that should be comforted. You're going to be comforted when the Holy Spirit comes to you. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Now, meekness, when you look into the Bible, I will have a Bible study about that later. But when you look into the Bible, meekness is it's associated with getting saved, repenting and getting saved. So meekness is repentance, getting saved, right? So we can see blessed are the poor in spirit, for there is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor, you're a sinner. The kingdom of heaven is the Holy Spirit coming to live within you. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. You know you're a sinner. You're on a one-way ticket to you're on a one-way ticket to hell, and you can only be comforted by God, right? Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. How do you be acceptable to God? Confess the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised it from the dead. For what the heart one believes in is justified, what the mouth will confess and is saved. For they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek. That's why it says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who repent and get saved through Jesus, for they shall inherit the earth. For I determined to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and this one crucified. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. You see it now, right? Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, those who repent and receive salvation through Jesus and his precious blood on the cross, shed blood on the cross. For they shall inherit the earth. You repent, you get saved, and you will inherit the earth one day. The thousand-year reign of Christ, and we rule and reign of sitting on God's throne. And those who will conquer, I will also grant to sit with me on, on, on you know, on, on me, me on my throne, just as I conquered and I sat down with my Father on His throne. We will rule and reign over all of existence, you know, sitting on the throne of God, with God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit shining His glory through us. I will get to that later. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst. Let's talk about hunger and thirst. He said, um, in scorching heat, Revelation, it says, scorching heat will no longer be down on them, and they shall neither hunger or thirst, but the one who has pity on them will lead them to springs. But the one who has pity on them will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to streams of living water. He will lead them to streams of living water. And Revelation, that was in the Old Testament, by the way. In Revelation, it says, um, and, you know, a scorching heat would no longer beat on them. Um, but, the, but the lamb in the midst of the throne would be their shepherd, and he would guide them to streams of living water. That's Jesus. 
So blessed, uh, you know, who hung, they were neither hunger or thirst because they were satisfied in Jesus. How are we satisfied in Jesus? Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God. Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and is that imprint of his nature. Jesus is the radiance. So that's like the sun shine. That's like the sun shine, light rays. So God wraps himself in light as with a garment. God dwells in an approachable light who no man has seen or can ever see. The light that Father God surrounds himself in is Jesus. Think about it. God wraps himself in light as with a garment. The Bible says Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God. So Jesus is the radiance, the light of the glory of God. So Jesus is the light that Father God wraps himself in. He dwells in unapproachable light whom no man has seen or can ever see. Moses says, show me your glory. <laughs> Amen. Moses says, show me your glory. He said, no man shall see me and live, but I will put you in the cleft of the rock. I will cover it with my hand, the sovereign hand of God. Amen. And he, as he passed by, he will remove his hand. You, you know, he'll pass by you and you will see all his back parts. Moses said, show me your glory. And what happened at Jesus' transfiguration? Moses saw his glory. <laughs> Moses said, show me your glory. He said, no man shall see me and live. But <laughs> through Jesus, he was able to see him. You know what I mean? He saw his glory finally. Like, who showed up? And Jesus took three of his disciples, Peter, James, and John, at the Mount of Transfiguration. He was transfigured before them. And his clothes became white as lightning, whiter than he white as bleach. And his face shone like the sun. And there appeared unto him. Talking about, you know, his crucifixion, what he was going to do. There are Moses and Elijah. Moses finally saw his glory. Show me your glory. All right. Transfiguration. <laughs> he saw Jesus. Amen. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they shall be filled. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. Think about it. Righteousness. Righteousness is doing with that which is good, or your righteousness. I think it's sufficient. I think it's. I think it's okay to say that. To, it suffices to say, it's okay to say that Jesus is the righteousness of God. Think about it. The breastplate of righteousness, what resides in your heart, the Holy Spirit, imputing the righteousness of Jesus to you, the glory. Haha. <laughs> For they shall be filled, and hope does not put us to shame because the love of God is poured out within our hearts that the Holy Spirit has been given to us. Amen. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Now, mercy has to do with salvation. It also has to do with forgiving others of their sins. He said, if you do not forgive others of their sins, your Heavenly Father will, neither, will not forgive you of yours, your sins. So, think about it. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy, so we repent of our sins, and then, you know, we forgive others, for they shall obtain mercy. You see that? If you don't forgive others your sin, God the Father will not forgive you of yours. So that's why it says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The pure in heart, blessed are those who call unto God from a sincere and pure heart. For they shall see God, experiencing his presence. 
And even, who knows, you could even see the Holy Spirit. The, uh, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit are, are, you know, for the common good. So signs, miracles, and wonders for all the children of God. Uh, for all the children of God. I'm not saying you can literally see the Holy Spirit himself. I'm saying you can see a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you can see the Holy Spirit or not. It says in the book of Acts, they saw the Holy Spirit. In two thirty, you know, after 238, they saw the Holy Spirit. And this is the Holy Spirit whom you yourselves are seeing and hearing. But, you know, they saw a manifestation of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit himself, whichever way you want to put it. And Jesus said, you know, if a son asks for a father, like, you know, for a present, will he give him? If he asks for an egg, would he give him a serpent? How much more will you have your father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask of him? If you be our evil, know how to give good, know how to give good good gifts to your kids, how much more will your Holy Father, Heavenly Father would give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him if you if you ask your father for an A, would he give you a serpent? No. If you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called children of God peacemakers. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Jesus is the king of peace. Jesus is the prince of peace, right? So blessed are the peacemakers. So you're making peacemakers. You're making little princes of peace. You're making little Christ. So blessed are the peacemakers. So that's after you get saved. You're going out making peacemakers. Jesus is the prince of peace. So you're making little princes of pieces. Little Jesus is little Christians. Amen. <laughs> but they shall be called children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Amen. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. For righteousness' sake, Jesus is the glory of God. Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. God wraps himself in light as with a garment. God dwells in unapproachable light who no man has seen or can ever see. That light the Father God wrapped himself in dwells in that's unapproachable that we can either see or can see is his righteousness. Jesus. Blessed are they which are persecuted for Jesus' sake, for righteousness' sake. The glory, you know, that you know the that glory that Father God wrapped himself in. Jesus, blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The Holy Spirit coming to live in your heart. The kingdom of heaven is in your midst. And hope does not push shame because love of God is poured out within the hearts of the Holy Spirit has been given to us. Blessed are they, blessed are ye, which men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all matter of, uh, of evil against you falsely. For my sake, blessed are ye, blessed are ye, when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely. For my sake, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. For great is your reward in heaven. For so, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Ye are the salt of the earth. Yeah, blessed are the, for so persecuted they the prophets before you. Be rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great for great is your reward in heaven. Now this is the last part I'm gonna preach.
Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. Now we are saved by grace through faith. It is not a result of works, lest any man should boast. Now, we're not working our way to heaven. The Muslims believe in a scales and balance system. They believe we have to, you know, our good works have to outweigh our bad works at the end of our life. On Judgment Day, God will weigh our good works and our bad works. And for our good works, outweigh our bad works, we get into heaven. It's not like that Christianity. We are saved by grace through faith. It is not a result of works, lest any man should boast. It's a free gift of God. All we do is say one prayer, one confession of prayer, and we get saved. And you already did, I gave you the rundown of how that works. So, um, what our works do do? Here, he said, um, do not work unto man. Do not work unto man, but um, work unto God. Right? Do your work heartily and not unto men, but unto God. So, Think about it. If you're around your house, you clean it up, you doing the dishes, you cleaning the floor, you mopping up the floor, you sweeping up the floor, folding clothes. Don't do that for people. Do that for God. Say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wash these dishes for Jesus. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fold these clothes for Jesus. I'm gonna sweep this floor for Jesus. I'm gonna walk down this street for Jesus. Every little, every second of our life should be for the glory of God. He said. And whatsoever you do, whether you, whether you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do for the glory of God. Do unto the glory of God. Do for the glory of God. In the Old Testament, the book of Isaiah said, God said, Father God said, And those whom I formed and made, whom I created for my glory. He said all things were created in Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were created through him, and without him was not anything made that has been made. All things was created in those in, in those whom I formed and made in those whom I formed and made for my glory, those whom I created, those whom I formed and made for my glory. Whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, whatsoever you do, do for the glory of God. Do to the glory of God, which is Jesus. Amen. God created everything. God created all things through Him, through His Word. God said, "Let there be light." He used His Word. Jesus is the Word of God, and He's the glory of God. God said, let there be light. So he used his word. He used Jesus in his glory. Everything was created through him and for him. And, and, and in him, all things hold together through him, through his word, through for his glory. Everything was created for the glory of God. Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And Jesus is the word of God. So you can see how God is this. God, the invisible God sitting on the throne, which are angels. Guys, there's an entire class of angels called thrones. They're wheels full of eyes. So in the invisible God sitting on the throne, dwelling in the unapproachable light that is his son, the Holy Spirit in the heart. Now you can now you can picture God. God sitting on his thrones, which are angels, and their wheels full of eyes. He made his ministers winds and his messengers a flame of fire. But I'm getting beside the point. Um, Store up treasures in heaven where moth and dust doesn't corrupt and thieves do not break in and steal. 
He said we shall all face the judgment seat of Christ, and our and, you know, and our works will be presented before us like wood, straw, and hay are gold and silver. Wood, straw, and hay. Now, after you get saved, you're on your one-way ticket to heaven. All you have to do is not be lukewarm. If you're a lukewarm, he's going to spit you out. Lukewarm means you're a Christian. You got saved. You got the Spirit of God in you, but you're not living it. He said, you know, if the salt loses its saltiness, how is the salt? And you, you know, you must be thrown out. So if you you can't lose, well, you, it's not losing your salvation, but you can walk away from it. There's terms and agreements you have to abide by. One of the terms and agreements is you can't be lukewarm. You got to be on fire, which means you got to just stay on point with the scripture. You just got to be like, you know, you got to be on fire for God. I don't know how to put it. You got to, you know, stay on track, stay encouraged, stay motivated and doing the things of the Lord that the Bible tells you to do. So our works, uh, it's like this. Jesus one day is going to separate from his sheep, from his ghosts. And to the sheep, he said, when I was sick and in prison, when I was sick and in prison, you visited me. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was hungry and thirsty, you gave me food and water to drink. And, and he said, um... Blessed are ye, enter into everlasting life, right? And then to enter into the kingdom of heaven, to everlasting life, into his ghost. He said, when I was sick and in prison, you did not visit me. When I was hungry and thirsty, you did not give me food or water to drink. When I was naked and homeless, you did not clothe me and take me in. So he said, you know, into, like, you know, depart from me, workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. And then he asked them, "When did we see you in prison? When did we see you naked and homeless and did not take you in and clothe you? When did we see you hungry and thirsty and not give you water or food to drink? When did we see you sick and in prison and did not visit you?" He said, "Truly, truly, I tell you, whatever you've done to the least of these my brethren, you've done it to me, because we were created in His image. God created us in the image of God. Check this out." Jesus is the image of the invisible God and the exact imprint of his nature. So what was the image that Adam and Eve were created in? In Jesus' image. In God's foreknowledge, God created Adam and Eve in the very image of his son, Jesus. So that's why he said, truly, truly, I tell you, whatever you've done to Elisa, these my brethren, you've done it to me. You were all created in my image. So whatever you do to anybody, it's like you did that to Jesus himself. That's why it takes it so personal. God always takes it to the next level. He said, if you lust after a woman, you've already committed adultery with her in your heart. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer at heart. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer at heart. Whoever lusts after a woman has already committed adultery with her in his heart. God takes it to the next level. Truly, truly, I tell you, whatever you've done to her, least it is my brethren. You've done it to me. So some of our works are going to be burnt up. Everything we didn't do your work unto the Lord and not unto men. Whatever you do, whether you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do to the glory of God. God wraps himself in the light as with a garment, like a blanket. Think about it. God's blanket, God's garment, God's robe is his son, Jesus. God walks in his light. God dwells in unapproachable light. God dwells in Jesus. In God dwells in unapproachable light whom no man has to encounter. See, Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and is like imprint of his nature. The radiance is the glory, which is Jesus. 
and the flesh is the imprint. Jesus is the radiance, that glory that God wraps himself in, and is that imprint, the flesh. Jesus is the radiance of God, of the glory of God, and the exact imprint of his nature. Just like a ring, just like a king takes a ring, and somebody brings him a scroll with red putty on it, and the king presses his ring against the red putty. And when he removes the ring from, you know, the red putty that's on the scroll, it leaves an imprint. Jesus is the radius of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. So some of our works are going to be burnt up like wood, straw, and hay. But the things we did unto the Lord, so we gave a cup of water to a stranger. He said, whoever, you know, receives a prophet's, receives a prophet's reward. So whoever, you know, gives a cup of water to somebody, it's like you gave a cup of water to Jesus. Whoever receives a prophet, receives a prophet's reward. So if you take, like, so if you take in the children of God, you give somebody water. If somebody, a child of God, you give somebody a water, how much more will God bless you? Since you bless, the, you know, his children. Of course, God will bless you if you bless people who are Christian, but how much more will God bless you if you bless his children? So if you gave a cup of water to a Christian, how much more will God bless you? If you gave some food to somebody who was hungry, how much more will God, you know, give it to you? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Like, you know, if you have an enemy... Give him a cup of water. Give him something to eat too. By doing so, you will reap, you will uh, reap heaps of coal on his head. So if you have an enemy, do good unto him. Don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. For everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. For everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. So if the sin has set you free, you'll be free indeed. Hmm. Store up treasures in heaven where moth and dust doesn't corrupt and thieves do not break in and steal. Remember why I'm telling you this podcast, why I'm giving you it to you like this? Jesus died for us while we were yet sinners. The one thing that keeps me going is remembering Jesus' death, remembering how he's been there for me, that Romans 5 5 love poured into my heart, but remembering. That, you know, Jesus' passion on his way to Calvary, Jesus' passion, his suffering, he was whipped and beaten. But they didn't kill him. He laid down his life. He said, I have the power. He said, no man has the power to lay down my life. I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to give it back up, to pick it back up. The Father gave me that commandment that I have the power to lay down my life and I have the power to take it up again. He said, our good works. He said, our works follow us. So think about it. Think about you being on the new earth, the new heavens and the new earth. And all you, you know, for, you know, for the first heavens and the first heavens have passed away. And there was no place found for them. Everything will be dissolved by the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved with fervent heat. And the elements will melt as they burn. The sun will be darkened, and the moon turn to blood, and the stars will fall, and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Everything will be set on fire and dissolved with fervent heat. The elements will be set on fire and dissolved with fervent heat. Think about being on a new heavens and a new earth. 
and your goodies following you. All these rubies and diamonds following you, floating in the air following you. Could you imagine that? You wearing crowns, a couple crowns following you. Your good works to follow you, amen? You clothed in white robes, shining like the sun. Clothes whiter than white as lightning, whiter than white can bleach. Face shining like the sun in full strength at noonday. That's amazing, amen. And that's the podcast. The podcast one of Bible Talk, Bible Analyst. <laughs> I've been your host, Hussein Abdul Kareem. That's my government name. <laughs> my new name in the Lord is Zephaniah. Because he showed up like Zephaniah. Last verse, I'm going to give it to y'all. Zephaniah 3.17. And the Lord your God is in your midst. A mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. Amen. And the Lord your God is in your midst. A mighty one who will save. He will quiet. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. Amen. And hope does not put us. Sh- <laughs> I promise y'all that would be the last verse. That's the last verse. Amen. My name is Zephaniah. This has been uh, Bible Talk, and I am your Bible analyst. <laughs> Amen.